I've got no leg room back here. Move your seat forward. It's as far as it goes. There's a mechanism. You just pull it and throw your body weight. I pulled it. It doesn't go. You want the leg room? Say you want the leg room. Don't blame the mechanism. All right, Dad. We're five blocks from the house. Sit sideways. Like an animal. Because of her, I have to sit here like an animal. Serenity now! Serenity now! What is that? When my blood pressure gets too high, the man on the tape tells me to say, Serenity now! Are you supposed to yell it? The man on the tape wasn't specific. What happened to the screen door? It blew off again? I told you to fix that thing. Serenity now! Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. The Constanza's there in the back of the car from an episode of Seinfeld. The episode's called Serenity Now, as you could hear. And, well, I was reminded of this episode just last week. We are well over 200 episodes of this podcast. And during that time, I've never spoken about anything that's happened to me on a photographic shoot. But something happened in the last week that reminded me of Serenity Now. In fact, I needed it. Um, But also, I thought, was a little kind of insight into the reality of working as a professional photographer. So this is what happened. I was commissioned to photograph a portrait of some people and their house. The house was particularly beautiful, and it was a commission for a magazine, a an international magazine. Anyway, so far, so straightforward. I was given the information of who I was photographing, didn't do too much research into it, but did a little bit of research, and uh, I was given the address. So I drove to the house, which happened to be in the heart of the Cotswolds, very beautiful, multi-million pound house, knocked on the door. Suddenly, somebody came rushing out, gave me a big hug, and said, hello, Grant, it is you. Uh, I was immediately, uh, obviously, taken aback until I realised that it was somebody that I'd worked with probably about 24 or 25 years ago. But anyway, that was the, the beginning of the strangeness. What then happened was that I went around the house, I started to talk to the people, and I was introduced to their dog called Zazu, a little French bulldog. So far, so good, and I started to make the images. The person who I was photographing suggested that it might be an idea that she got some flowers to place around the house and that she was going to go to a local town to get those flowers. I said no problem and continued working. She returned maybe an hour or so later um, without the flowers because the local town was closed. But anyway, that was another element, but not a problem. So we continued working. My idea was that I would do the portrait of the uh, the guy who owned the house and, and his wife, the person who was uh, acting as the stylist on the day. I think they worked together anyway uh, in some kind of a company or a, a few companies. All quite confusing. Anyway... The person who, the lady who had um, gone off to get the flowers, suddenly gets a phone call to say that her dog, Zazu, had been seen in the local town on its own, photographed and put up on Facebook as a missing dog. Well... What it transpires is that the person I was due to photograph, she'd gone to the local town with the dog, but driven back without the dog, without realising that the dog was no longer in the car. 
Slightly strange in itself. But anyway, we continue. What then happens is the person who's seen the photograph on the Facebook page rings the person who posted on Facebook and we discover that the dogs, the dog I should say, is now in a vet in a different county. The dog has gone to a different town in a different county at this vet. So the person I'm due to photograph, she phones the vet and she explains that the dog has been chipped and it's her dog and she understands it's been found and been taken there. Well, what then happens is that the vet says, well, yeah, it's been chipped, but the chip hasn't been updated. So we didn't know whose dog it was. And therefore, we've called the local council and a man is coming now to take your dog to the pound. Well, you can imagine we've gone from a situation here of a perfectly ordinary photographic shoot to suddenly Zazu the dog is in a different county and the person I'm due to photograph has completely fallen apart with worry and then decides to jump in the car and head off the guy from the pound from the council at the vet and try and reclaim her dog. Her husband, who I'm also due to photograph, is also worried about this, obviously. The entire shoot has fallen apart. Serenity now started to become my motto. I instantly thought, well, what do I do? Well, I made a decision to, first of all, of course, not panic continue making the images. I made a portrait of uh, the, the gentleman in question as he stayed behind and I didn't photograph uh, his wife. Now, I then rang the client, the magazine. I told them the story. They couldn't believe it. They were really pleased that they had the portrait of the, of the, the gentleman uh, whose company it was actually. And they decided to re-pivot, to re-angle the, uh, the article around him. And an interview was done with him rather than with them. I should add, he was then going off to uh, Bali the next day for a month. So there was absolutely no opportunity of photographing the two of them together. Now, the reason I tell this story, and it is the first time I've spoken about all of the commissions I do, is because to me... That's what professional photography is about. Things go wrong. And when they go wrong, the judgment of how good you are as a photographer is how you deal with the situation. I should say Zazu was reclaimed and they're all happily ever after. This week, we welcome to the podcast to explain to us what photography means to her in under five minutes, Pippa Healy, who is a photographic artist based in London, whose practice is primarily diaristic and concerned with themes of loss, longing, violence and grief. She had a successful career in television before embarking on her photographic journey, working for Reuters on their news desk, as well as on documentaries and factual programmes such as Dispatches and Cutting Edge for Channel 4. Healy studied at St Martin's, Central St Martin's I should say, for a post-grad certificate in photography and then an MA in photographic studies at Westminster University. She then expanded her photographic practice with an MA in printmaking at Camberwell, uh, graduating in 2020. Her handmade designs are central to her practice, and she's shown her work at the Festival Circulation in Paris, Le Recontre d'Alle, and the Format Festival UK. And her work has been widely published in magazines and exhibited internationally. 
Her zines are part of the Tate Gallery, Martin Parr Foundation and MEP collections in Paris. Healy was the recipient of the 2020 Bainbridge Studio Prize and a finalist for the Signature Art Prize in 2021. She is currently studying for a doctorate in fine art from the University of East London, where she also lectures in contextual studies and on the BA photography course. When I think about what photography means to me, I really think that it's my way of interpreting the world and really showing my inner dialogue um, to an audience. I've always worked with images professionally. I did a BA in conceptual art um, at Brighton University and it was a course that had been written by um, the artist John Hilliard. I then worked in TV uh, firstly as a researcher and then as a producer director for 16 years and in, in that role really I was telling other people's stories and I was really interested in people's stories um, and I, I started to use the camera and use sound uh, myself and really enjoyed that technical part of it. But in 2009, I decided that I wanted to tell my own stories and I went back to education and I went to Central St. Martins and did a post, uh, postgraduate certificate in photography. And really, that was a kind of life changing year. We had really great tutors, people like Peter Cattrall and Andrew Watson. And they really ignited something in me. And I decided to kind of switch career at that point. I then started to show work um, and I went on then to do an MA at Westminster University in photographic studies. And with this course, it really enabled me to investigate further why I was making work. And my work really changed. When I was at St Martin's, it was more documentary based. And, and then when I went to Westminster, I started to look at my own life, really, and start to document that. When I left Westminster, um, at my degree show, I actually showed um, some work called At This Hour, which was kind of based on a charity in Holland that grant people their final wishes. Um, I decided not to show the actual people, but kind of really reimagined those stories myself. And at the show, I showed five large photographs, but I also made a concertina book alongside and um, I really got great feedback from that. And I really decided to think about books and um, zines in particular. And so I started to want to show my work more. And as a graduate, um, it's hard to get your work out there. So um, the zine was the kind of perfect uh, vehicle for that. And I, uh, I was, you know, as a teenager, I had many friends who were professional skateboarders and I was very into that kind of music scene and, and culture. So it seemed kind of natural for me to be now making zines. Um, I made one zine, which was very personal. Um, my, my work is very diaristic um, and it really um, is concerned around themes of loss, longing um, and grief. And so um, I did kind of document my own um, stages of grief after my father died but I um, I then was involved um, I witnessed a, a terrorist attack um, which was a very traumatic uh, incident for everybody involved and I started to make some work um, kind of unbeknownst to me kind of unconsciously um, I used my iPhone as well as my digital camera, uh, film camera. I use many types of ways of making work. Um, and um, I do enjoy using um, an iPhone really in the most kind of diaristic way of kind of, you know, kind of cataloguing what's happening to me um, 
on a day-to-day basis. Um, and the work I made uh, was made over kind of six, six months and um, became a zine called Sick, um, which had an image of vomit on the front, which I hadn't done for a shock value. It was more something that I felt at the time um, that there was a kind of sense after the terrorist attack and various other things that had happened in London, that there was a, a sense of grief. Um, and really the, the vomit became a kind of totem for that. Um, this work then went on uh, to be shown at festival circulations in Paris. And um, really then I started to establish myself. Um, my, my kind of photography really means to me that I want to connect with people. And so I feel that my own stories really connect with others. And I want to hear how people react to my work. And so for me, the scene really was the perfect way of doing that. The thing, also thing I love about photography is I love the community and I really enjoy being part of collectives. And I'm part of the Photo Book Club Collective, which really is a great collective full of many photographers of different styles. Um, and we really do support each other. Um, I'm also in another collective called Somewhere In Between, which was made after I did an MA at Camberwell in printmaking. So really, photography for me is a way of communicating my inner dialogue and listening to other people's. Thank you, Pippa, for your contribution this week. I think you could almost say that that exchange of dialogues is exactly what we try to do on this podcast also. Uh, Really interesting to hear that about, for me, I'm always interested in that idea of using different cameras on the same project of moving around. I mean, funnily enough, the the Zazu story that we began this episode with um, this week, whilst I was actually making that work, whilst I was shooting the commission, I actually got bored of working with the cameras I always work with. Uh, And I think it was also something to do with the chaotic nature of the day. But I just decided I would get my pocket Leica out and just start making the images with that. And I have to say, I was much more uh, interested in working in that way. It was more enjoyable. And the client really loved the pictures without any knowledge as to what type of camera was used. So maybe there's a message uh, there for us. But as Always, if you're not aware of Pippa's work, check out her website and why not see if you can pick up one of her zines. Whilst we're talking about that idea of communication, I was listening to another podcast, a history podcast, as it happens. I have to admit, I don't listen to any uh, photography podcast, but there you go. That's just me. Um, But anyway, uh, on this history podcast, they were talking about a story whereby... uh, the, during the Second World War, this boy who was on a farm decided that the way in which he could make his message felt, his anti-Nazi sentiment, was by pricking the potatoes that he was picking and stacking and storing. And he would prick them, which would make them rot quicker. And therefore, they wouldn't be able to sort of be as good to eat and and they would rot. And he did this, and this was his very small way of... um, I'm making a comment, making a statement. And I thought that was very relevant to a lot of photographers who are working on small projects and maybe sometimes feeling that they're not being seen or not being heard, but actually are having an impact, even if it doesn't seem so uh, at that time. Aside one thing that uh, made me think about this week, I'm often looking for, I suppose in a way, metaphors from other aspects of life or history or whatever it may be, 
and then bringing them to photography to see if they can bring us uh, any kind of further understanding. We talk about understanding. It's almost sounding as if I I kind of planned this, but I don't really. I just make a few notes. But um, I have received quite a few emails recently from people asking to appear on the podcast. And I always like uh, people who kind of give me recommendations and I always check them out. And I often uh, contact those people. Although if you then don't hear them, it will be because the people you've suggested uh, either haven't responded to me at all or alternatively have decided they don't want to contribute. But that's okay. But I do get a lot of people contacting me saying they want to contribute. And uh, too often, I'm afraid, I find out that from their email, it's very clear to see that they don't actually listen to the podcast, but they want to add content and they want me to promote them. That isn't part of this podcast. It's never been part of this podcast. It's not an advertising platform. It's a sharing platform. And as Pippa was saying earlier, hopefully it's a sense of community. I know that A lot of you out there know each other and a lot of you get in contact with me and keep doing that. We've had some great responses already from last week's uh, podcast where we answered some uh, listeners' questions. Anyway, as you can probably tell uh, with my Zazoo story, it's been a slightly strange week. But whatever happens in the coming week, and uh, I'm sure more strange things will happen, but I don't think anything as chaotic as that photographic shoot has happened to me before, and hopefully it won't happen again. But anyway, whatever happens, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And of course, as I say every week, please just take care.